8 billion stories. Hello, welcome back on the second episode of 8 billion stories. Um, today, I'm really, really happy to present you the story of Carolina. She is a young woman. She's a photographer. She is, um, she was great. I really, really enjoyed uh, recording this episode because, I don't know, the way she answered the question was so, she went deep into the question and the answers, and I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, yeah, so the only problem is we did the interview uh, on, uh, online so the quality of the the sound is not great and I apologize in advance but it's all we could make uh, she is she lives right now in the US we'll tell tell you about her story and um, yeah thank you so much also for all the the messages and 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 the number of listener and my on my first episode I was really really surprised I thought like nobody will listen to it and I was really really surprised so thank you so much I hope you will still enjoy this episode uh, please let me know your thoughts your advices any any comments on about this second episode welcome Carolina I'm super happy uh, you could make it today and I'm really excited that we can hear your story today can you introduce a little bit yourself Hey guys, uh, my name is Carolina, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm from Ukraine. I was born in Kiev, uh, the capital, and uh, but currently live uh, in the United States in South Dakota. Well, and I'm also a photographer. I do some singing and dancing, and just like being creative. <laughs> An artist. That's great. Okay. Yep. So you said you live now in North Dakota. How is it going uh, there? It's south. South Dakota. South Dakota. Okay. Uh, it's going great. I live uh, in uh, Sioux Falls, which is, I think it's the biggest city in South Dakota. It's not like a big city, but it's not a small city. And it's been really cool to be in a place where there's a lot of things to do. But at the same point, it's kind of quiet. Uh, they have quite a big Slavic community here in Sioux Falls. They have uh, about three pretty big churches out here too with uh, Ukrainian, Belarus, even some Russian people uh, that have been living here for years, probably like more than 20. Some people probably even more than 30. So, And how do you feel like the... Um... The, the the melting pot between all these people between you said there is Ukrainian people Russian people and I mean American people of course how do you feel like you you integrated there how do you how do you feel there well with the I'd say yeah, with the Ukrainian Russian stuff it's a little weird right now but we don't really we, we don't usually talk about topics like that if that makes sense and um well, I'd say even like Ukrainians and Russians and like other Slavic people that have been living here for years, they, they're not really into all the news and everything that's happening right now because they got so used to living here and this is like their home now, right? So they don't really care as much about what's like they care, but not as much as people that actually lived there when it started. I mean, when the war started. 
Uh, was it hard? I was wondering, like, you left, so you left for a second time to the US. Was it hard to get your paper, to settle there, to find a, a place to live? Was it hard to emigrate there? Well, I wasn't really planning to go to the US from the very start. Like, I knew that would be a place um, that I lived in before, and it would be easier for me to, like, it's, it's a place that I won't have such a big culture shock in. Right, like another country that I've lived in previously. Yeah, so um, that's probably why I I was thinking about U.S., but I wasn't really set on my decision and going straight away there. And partly, my dad he was kind of against me going so far, so I was staying in Europe first, and um, yeah, and then it just kind of ended up happening. There's a program that American government made for Ukrainians. It's like a sponsorship document that they have. Um, and um, so I have that signed up with some of my friends. And um, that's just kind of how I got in. Okay. And so you went ex back to the, the same family as you were living when you were doing an exchange year? Uh, no, my family, they actually moved. Uh, so I did my exchange year in Illinois. Uh, and uh, I think they live in Alabama right now. We chat every now and then, but they've been in my host parents. They got divorced. So there's I don't really know the whole story behind it, like where they're at right now. Um, I do know that my host mom and my host sister, they're in the capital of Alabama. I can't really pronounce it. <laughs> it starts with an M. But anyways, yeah, so uh, they're somewhere there, but I don't I'm not really sure where my host dad is. I've chatted them with the like I've chatted with them a little bit about like just how how things are, but I am with a different family. They're a friend of, friends of ours, um, friends of our family, and they're also Ukrainians. But they have lived in Sufos for twenty four years now. So, so you 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 live there, and do you feel like, um. Like, I, I was wondering, because I don't know if you know, but I did an exchange year too. Oh, and cool. I remember how people, like, welcome you so much when you do an exchange mm -hmm. year. And, um, you know, how, how they're great. I was wondering, is it the same when you're, like, an immigrant? Do you feel the same? Or do you see differences between when you were as a study of an exchange student and now that you immigrated? immigrated um, good question. I actually never, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> uh, Doc. Well, <laughs> uh, I think there's something in American culture in general when they're very welcoming, you know, when they're all smiley. At least at the start, they're all smiley and they, they always ask you, how are you? And, and like all those questions. And they're also like worried and praying about you and all that. So there's there's something in the culture when they're they are really nice. Even though like it's it's a little different with the Ukrainian culture, so with the Ukrainian culture, I think we're a little bit more straightforward, and um, if we don't want to be friends with that person, we aren't gonna be like all super nice at the very start, you know. And with like American culture, yeah, yeah, with American say. culture, yeah. like sometimes they're just very nice and they're at the very start, but it doesn't mean that they want to be friends with you. And it's not like a bad thing, but it's just like a little bit of a different. So, but um, yeah, I think when I was an exchange student, I was a little more shy. I was younger, obviously, and it was a little bit different. 
but I did have quite a few friends、um, in high school. I went to drama club and I did like all the theater production、uh, performances they had that year. So I think a lot of my friends were either there or from choir. So also from <laughs> artistic fields. <laughs> And so here now that you're in America, you do、uh, mostly photography there. Yeah, I do. I I started、um, doing. I did the same thing in Ukraine too for probably more than three years, and I do mostly family couple photography. I do some wedding photography. I actually have my first wedding that I'm shooting as a second photographer this weekend in the states. So I'm really excited because. You know, it's a different culture, and I've never、um, taken pictures of、um, American weddings, so that's gonna be really cool. So, yeah, yeah, and American weddings are something to see, obviously. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I was, um, I, I was wondering about um, uh, if you don't mind talking a little bit. Of- A little bit about、uh, U- Ukraine life and Ukrainian.、Um, I mean, you know, the current climate happening there, like the war and everything.、Uh, can we talk a little bit about that? <laughs> sure. So yeah, I was、sure. I, I was curious. Like you said, you grew up in Kiev in, in the in the capital city.、Um, is your whole family from there? <laughs> well, technically, I'm.、Um, uh, Kind of technically, I live on the outskirts of Kiev, so like in a little town next to Kiev, so like in a suburb. Ah,、uh, but I I did have all my work, and my parents would joke that I only sleep at home, <laughs> so I basically did stuff in Kiev almost every day. I do have family that are left there. My dad is still there, ah,、uh, because of the martial law and all that, and. Honestly, even if we didn't have、uh, the martial law,、um, it was his decision to stay, and I knew that、um, he would stay anyways. And my dad is a pastor of a church, th- so he kind of had that responsibility. He feels that responsibility to be there with the people that can't leave, that have to stay. So, yeah, and my my grandma and my great grandma are also there. We didn't want to take them out of the country, but. Grandma doesn't want to, and I see why it's hard. Because, like, for me as a young person, it's a little easier to adjust to a different country.、Uh, and when her life is all there, like she's been living there, you know, for years, it's a little different for an older person to move somewhere. Which is my family is originally from Latvia, from one of the Baltic countries, and we do have a lot of relatives there. And we wanted to take my grandma and my great grandma there. My great grandma was actually born in Latvia, but we didn't want to take them there. But it was they they didn't want to as much as we wanted them to leave. They they were very yeah. Among the people I know, a lot of people left, but、um, I, I'd say it's like fifty fifty, or maybe like sixty forty. So、uh, a lot of um uh, around um Kiev. Well, we're a little lucky as of right now, I'd say, because back in spring, in like April, the Russian troops they left Kiev region, so we don't really have、um, any like actual troops there. 
So that's a good thing. But at the same point, uh, Kiev is the capital, so they probably at one point do want to go for it again, try to go for it again. But at the same point, personally, I don't think they, they're they in the right, uh, like they don't have the power to make it, if that makes sense. Because, um, because winter is coming and even if, I, I know that like Ukraine has certain propaganda, Russian um, government, like they talk a lot of propaganda, right? So obviously like I'm not saying Ukraine news are all right and great. <laughs> I understand that Ukrainian, Ukrainian news, they will protect their um, moves, right? So they, they have a little bit of propaganda there probably. And then Russia has a lot of propaganda on their TV. But at the same point, we do get some videos of um, like Russian troops and what they have and what they don't have. Kind of like the ones that were taken to our prisons and all that. They're literally like without food, without anything. With Ukraine, it's a little different because us as people, we want to keep our country, right? So we're donating a lot of money. And um, we have a lot of volunteers that right now are getting like warm clothes for uh, our soldiers and trying to get like help for them. Obviously, unfortunately, we probably can't get help to like every one of them, but we're trying like our best to donate as much to get that help for them. With Russian troops, it's a little different. I don't think the country in general, like people there in general, are like donating money money to this. Probably families, like if it's a family in one of their relatives is out there at war, they would like donate money and like help him. But just like in general, I don't think they're supporting them as much. And as what we see, I really doubt they'll um, survive winter as well as our soldiers will. So, so what we can see, what you're saying is, what we can see with with uh, Ukraine, the the war happening in your country is, I mean, it, it's kind of like, it's very powerful. The power of the people, like all your your people, like helping and and trying to protect the country is is a lot. How to say that in English? I'm sorry. It's a <laughs> they're getting they're giving a lot of help, a lot of volunteering money that will make uh, maybe your the army that seems like maybe less strong than the big Russian army, but it, it's it's helping a lot, right? Am I getting it right? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it, it is helping a lot. Obviously, we get a lot of help from other countries, which uh, we're grateful for. And without the help, I don't think how far we would have went. <laughs> but um, I do think this is a, a big moment for Ukraine when a lot of Ukrainians are just so together um in this and um we have one goal probably that's why we're so um together and trying to help as much as uh, we can from our side people are obviously different probably someone left the country and is just building their new life other people you know there's there's always different people so there are always different people but um as of like right now, right this moment, if we talk about like situation in Kiev, um they we've had a lot of strikes lately that hit um different power plants and that probably has been the 
the worst part. Um, even my dad, um, my mom is back in Ukraine. For, she's actually, she lives in Germany right now, but she's back in Ukraine be, for a week. She, well, when she was there, they didn't have, um, electricity throughout the day. Like they would have an electricity for like an hour and that's it. And then like it was shut down, everything would shut down. That's it. So that has been, I think that has been like the worst part about the soul. Because winter's coming, and as of right now, it's okay. Like, it's not that cold. But when it gets closer and closer to winter, if people won't have, like, any electricity, any power, that's going to be really um, tough. So I guess we're hoping hoping for a warmer winter, <laughs> but still. And do you, do you remember the day when the, the, the war started? Did you, did you thought it will, it will be... I mean, as long as it is now, will you su were you surprised at that time or you were like kind of expecting that? I mean, here in France, I remember everybody mm -hmm. was very shocked. Like we were, I mean, we were just shocked. We didn't ever thought the war would be in, in Europe. W was it the same like atmosphere in Ukraine? I think people were kind of expecting it, but I don't think anyone thought it would go this far. Uh, and personally, I was definitely in a uh, shock at first. Honestly, the first two months, I was probably in shock. But uh, mostly because, and I feel kind of bad for it, but um, personally, I got so used to with living with the war somewhere in eastern Ukraine that I didn't think it's ever going to touch, like, my home, you know? So, um... And maybe, I think I'm not the only one, but we got so used that there's, we're somewhere in eastern Ukraine. Even refugees that we've had from, like, eastern Ukraine, they've lived, um, even in my town for, like, more than, like, eight years, right? Since it started, since 2014, they've lived with, um, like, in our city. And, and um, I don't know, they just got used to living there, too, and no one really thought that, It's gonna go this far. So whenever everyone was talking about it, I had actually my host mom text me February 23rd. That's the day before the war started. And she texted me being like, Oh, like, how are you? How are things? And, uh, like, I don't know. It just got stuck in my head that literally the day before she texted me asking me how I am. And I was like, Oh, like, everything's fine. People, people talk about war and it's starting. And we've had some news. Uh, online about like guys you should be ready for it but I, I don't think like I mean I have my plans I was building <laughs> my life I didn't really think that like I wasn't ready for it if that makes sense I didn't think it's gonna start yeah. and how, how do you feel how do you feel like it do you think like it changed you like you personally do you feel like this war made you different in a way uh yeah I think so um Because when war starts and you have to leave and, um, it, it just, well, you, you, you never, it, there, there's a lot more in life. You learn that there's a lot more in life than like your own, um, future plans or whatever. <laughs> and you start valuing a lot of things more than you do. Even like me walking, I, I, I'm not a full person. Like, I'm an autumn person. Like, I'm not really into autumn that much as some people are. But even, like, walking around here in the States and, like, seeing all the 
pretty leaves and all that. You just appreciate things in life you have more. Even like right now, appreciating that I'm here and that I'm, I have everything I need. Um, which has been really a blessing because going all the way to the States, like I was hoping things will work out. I kind of had a plan, but I didn't really have a plan. Like I didn't know, like I was going to a place that I kind of knew what's like, but at the same point, I don't because I've never, um, like I've studied as an exchange student, right? But it's a little different. Like you have a program there. Everything's kind of made for you. Uh, and right now when you just go through like an immigration program, it's a little different. Like you, you go and you're like, okay, so like, <laughs> what, what's going to happen? Like, how do I figure out the whole, even like all the adult and stuff, like medical insurance, like I'm, I'm working with like getting car insurance right now and all that. And you know, it, it's been a process. It's been a process. Yeah. But uh, you definitely learn to appreciate like all the little things more, and even personally, I've done a lot of motivational videos previously on my Instagram page. I don't really do as much right now because I don't really. I feel like there there's just so much happening. I'd rather like if a person texts me, I would rather help them one on one. But if I, if I post something like super motivational. And I don't know, someone's brother, uh, who's a soldier died the other day. Like it wouldn't be just right from my side to post something like that. So I don't really post as much lately as I did previously. Uh, but I do think it changed me even like the way I talk to people. Um, like whenever they ask me for. And, um, do you, are you in, in, in con like you're in contact with, uh, your dad, for example, that stayed there? How, how did he tell you, like, how did he describe the atmosphere over there right now? Like, how is it, is it like heavy? Are people scared? How, how is it going right now there? I think it really depends on people. My dad is a very optimistic person and, uh, uh because he's a pastor, he kind of has to be very optimistic because people rely on him and that's it that's just his personality it's not like he's trying to be optimistic or anything he has days when um he's a little more sad and just like a little more worried about everything but just in general he's a very optimistic person and he always um tries to tries to believe and have faith for the best outcome possible but i do think a lot of people um are scared but uh this is probably a little weird but i think people inside the country are less scared than people outside the country so people that are outside the country we don't see the whole pictures so we're more worried about everything and uh, you know we see all the bad stuff online uh, when the people who are there even in my um town Um, some of my friends that are, some of my younger friends, they even had like a party the other day, like a big birthday party and they, they could have made it even without like light and everything. So they're trying to, you know, live every single day. Definitely depends on a city and like where you're at. I don't think like people, um, down south or, um, more east could do that because it's a little, the situation there is a little harder than it is in Kyiv region.
So in Kyiv region, we do have to be careful with like strikes and all that, but we don't have actual Russian troops there. So people could technically kind of live their normal life. But at the same point, it's, it's hard with all the air, um, like air sirens and all that going off every now and then. So, and, um, I was wondering, you, you told me about, uh, your, your volunteering mission in Poland. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about it, about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. So I was in a mission, it's called Proem. And it is based in uh, Zakashiele, which is um, right next to the biggest city to them, biggest town to them. It's not really a city. It's Tomaszow Mazowiecki. And then it's about two-hour drive, I think, from Warsaw, the capital. I think it's about a two-hour drive. Anyways, maybe a little more. But um, it's a mission that is based there, and they do a lot of uh, camps and conferences, uh, and just different things for uh, Polish people. They have a lot of um, Americans there coming and doing internships with them every now and then. But this year, after the war started, they opened up their campsite for Ukrainian people, for Ukrainian refugees, and they hosted a lot of Ukrainian refugees there. Um, they could manage to get sponsors to buy a hotel actually for Ukrainians and then they displace all the Ukrainians from their campsite to their hotel in town. Uh, so they're they're hosting a lot of people there a lot of uh, Ukrainian families. They're trying they have another like little organization in Netherlands, the Netherlands and what they do is if a family is young, they're trying to send them further on to the Netherlands and they have like a three-month program there where uh, I think the government uh, pays for their rent and like all that stuff and they just kind of help them get back on feet, find a job there and just be able to support yourself. Um, yeah, but in uh, in Poland there, they leave the families that have a lot of kids, like big families with the little children that they're they will be supporting there so yeah but uh, i kind of ended up it was it was very weird so i was uh, going back home for about a week because i had to repack my suitcases from germany so i stayed in germany from germany i was going back to ukraine for about a week i was planning to repack my suitcases to get ready for going to the united states um I was uh, in the process of getting all my documentation figured out at that point. And what happened is I ended up going through that mission. So I ended up going through Proem and staying there for two nights because one of my American friends, he was there. Uh, he's actually the one we left the country with. He's like a friend of our family. Uh, but he was there and I knew him and another Canadian guy. They were going back into Ukraine and they said that they could, I could drive with them. So that's why I was going to uh, Poland first and uh, staying there for two nights so I could drive with them uh, back to Ukraine for some time. Uh, but, uh, and, um, when I came there, I was there for two nights. They heard me speaking English and they were like, Oh, we have um, two Ukrainian camps coming up. Do you do you want to come and like help us with translating or just you know being there with Ukrainian kids and just helping? 
And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sure I, I want to come, uh, come. I want to be there and I'll help you guys. So I came back to Poland for about, um, I was planning to be there for about two weeks <laughs> and it's because for two camps, right? And um, after two camps, I was, uh, they asked me, actually, no, I asked them if I could stay longer because I wasn't really set on my decision on going to the States. And at that point, I didn't really know exactly where I'd go because the people that signed uh, documents for me, they live uh, a little further, not where I am right now. So they're a little in a, in, in a different um, city, in a different state. And I was just kind of figuring out on where I'll be going, what I'll be doing and like all that. So I was still in the process and I basically asked them if I could stay longer and help out. And, and then I just kind of ended up staying till almost the end of July. <laughs> and, um, I was, that was like the best part of this last year. Like since the war started, that was the best thing I did. Cause being there, I called it a kids therapy. Which it kind of is, because you're there with the kids, and kids, they don't really, a lot of times, they don't realize what's happening, and um, when you're there, and you're just making them smile, and uh, you see, even Ukrainian, like, little Ukrainian kids, um, all happy, and, you know, and, and I think that just makes me a little happier, it just boosts up my mood. To see them happy and just be there. And we had a nice, um, youth gang there. <laughs> a little youth group and we would hang out a lot, uh, together. We didn't really sleep as much. So it was really tiring because we would go to bed about midnight and we had to be up for meetings about seven, seven thirty. And kids would leave Sunday afternoon and on Saturday morning, um, actually no, Sunday is when they come. So Sunday afternoon is when kids come. Saturday morning is when kids left. So basically we had only Saturdays free. And even though every Saturday was free, because sometimes we would have like other stuff we had to do on Saturdays. So it was basically camp after camp, camp after camp. And it was, it was crazy, really crazy, but it was probably the best part of the last year okay so helping people helped you go through that hard time and and made you happier yeah definitely it gave me a lot of um, motivation to go further yeah and do you do you feel like there is um i don't know would you, would you be i don't know it's a it's a tough question but you said it made you hope hopeful for the future and everything do you think how do you see the mm -hmm. future now like like do you plan on staying in the u.s and coming back to live in ukraine will you i don't know how do you see the future are you hopeful about the future how, how do you see yourself uh, that's a good question that's something i'm thinking about a lot lately because um well a program i'm in uh, in the states is basically like a two-year program So I can't really stay here for more than two years. There's probably, there, there are ways to extend that a little bit, but it's not like I could, you know, apply for a green card and stay here forever. And uh, I'm not, I've never really wanted to live in the States. Like I, I, I do like it here, but it's not my place to stay for long term. Like, I mean, 
technically I'm here for a long term right now, but I mean like for my whole life. So I, I don't think I'll ever stay in the States, at least as of right now. I can't, as of right now, I can't really say because um, this is like the scary part because no one knows what's next. Even with Ukraine, like one day things are getting better and the next morning we have another strike and, and like things are not even close to getting better. So um, it's been a lot hard with like figuring out what's next. So I try to not really plan super further on. Uh, as of right now, I'm in Sulphur, South Dakota. I'm planning to move to Louisville, Kentucky in February. So I think a lot of my decisions on what's next will depend on how things will be working out for me in Louisville. And would you see yourself living in in Ukraine, like, would you see yourself living in Ukraine while there is Russian people? I do want to be back in Ukraine. And I don't, it, it's not even because it's my home. It is easier for me there. It's my home. I've lived there. And, and um, but as of right now, I do see my future there because I think Ukraine needs people to um, not even rebuild it, but in general, Ukraine needs people. You know, just to be whole as a country, and um, I do really want to be back and like be helping and just be there. It's just as of right now, I can't really stay there because technically my dad is without work there. Uh, if I come, I'm also without work there, and it's um, as a person from like Kiev, it's hard to find a job there right now because a lot of companies. They get different benefits from taking refugees in. So a lot of companies, they take um, refugees from eastern Ukraine, from southern Ukraine, uh, people from occupied territories. So a lot of companies, they uh, basically employ those people. And I understand that it's very important for them to get employed right now and to kind of get back on their feet. But it's been really hard for like Kiev, some of Kiev people because they lose their jobs and like they can't stay there and just being able to support themselves financially. And so that's probably a, a hard thing too. But, um, I am studying graphic design right now and I want to get deeper in it to just be basically have an online job, like have a remote job and just be able to be, you know, in any country and be able to support myself so that I'm not really depending on like a certain location. I do want to keep going with photography, but it's a little harder with photography because you do have to build up your way up with clients and, um, you know, finding ways to find new clients and starting off in a new city and all that. But, um, and I do want to keep doing that. Photography has been my passion since ninth grade uh, at school. And um, I'm obsessed <laughs> with the, all the pictures, with uh, taking photos for others and spending families capturing their stories. But, um, yeah, I do want to be able to support myself with, like, a remote job. I think that was great. I, I wanted to end up in a little more, like, 
lighter note or something. Uh, I recently went in Prague and I tried the Czech food and I wanted you to tell us about uh, Ukrainian food, Ukrainian culture. What is your favorite thing uh, about Ukrainian culture? My favorite thing about Ukrainian culture? Thank you. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, I do, I do like Ukrainian food. I think it's definitely less artificial than American food. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I like a lot of, like, fruits and just things like that, which there are a lot of them here, but they're not, like, the taste is different. We have uh, borscht, which is, um, if, if people start learning about Ukraine, they know for sure what that is. That's like a soup that we have, and it's red. It's made with beetroot. And that's really good. We also have uh, dumplings uh, or pierogies. People know them by that name a lot. That's like a Polish name for them. But um, basically, most famous ones are with potatoes. But people do them with whatever. Um, like even sweet ones with cherries. I know a lot of people like the ones with cherries. Food is definitely a big part of Ukrainian culture. And I like different Ukrainian outfits. And um, just different things like that. We have uh, Vyshevanka, which is like a blouse with uh, like embroidered shirt. So I think that's really pretty that we have that too. Okay. Thank you for sharing all that with me. It's, 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 it has been a great time for me. Thank you so much. Do you want to add a little last, uh, last something, anything you want to add to the, to the recording? Um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to just uh, wish everyone, probably no matter what's happening, I, I'd wish just to, like a little bit thing for myself that no matter what's happening, there's always a way out. And um, we just have to keep going. And if things are good tomorrow, uh, they could be bad after tomorrow. But at the same point, it doesn't mean that it's going to be like that throughout your whole life. And we just have to step up and no matter what, keep going and being brave, being strong. And yeah. There's, there's always something good in every day. So try to find the little, the little positive things and being grateful for everything you have.